who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, well, I mean, I think every actor has the famous story of like you're performing your little heart out and you just see like the director's like on his phone or whatever, not even paying attention. <laughs> yeah. That always sucks. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. It's been so long, friends. I'm so happy to be back with you now that the strike has been suspended and we are able to talk about the fun things we do as actors again. Yay! So there's a lot to catch up on, and quite honestly, I'm pretty exhausted. <laughs> And so I'm not going to catch up on a whole lot here, but if you haven't listened to my show, The Case Within, check it out. It is also on Realm, and we had such a great time making it. All eight episodes are available to binge right now. So let's get to the episode. Today we have Karen Cleach, who you may know from the brand new movie, Thanksgiving. I haven't seen it yet. I'm very excited to see it. I love a good slasher movie. So here's my conversation with Karen. And welcome to the show, Karen Gleesh. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show. Um, I am also very excited to see your new movie, but we're going to get to that in a little bit. The first thing I always like to ask my guests is, what made you want to be an actor? Hmm. That's the million dollar question. Like what's wrong with us, right? Like what makes, yep. us, what makes us want to do this crazy career? Um, you know what? It was just always something since I was born, um, since I was as, as young as I can remember, I just always wanted to do this. I was always a bit of a dreamer in my head. Um, I always, you know, did the best performances in front of my mirror. I was practicing my Oscar acceptance speech in the mirror. I oh my gosh. How many times have we accepted fake awards? <laughs> Literally all the time. <laughs> 
the only ones I get are the fake ones. I mean, come on, it's time for a change. Um, I just, I just loved it. I loved the escape. I think that that I, it was just something that was just in me, and I, I there was nothing else I really ever wanted to do. Um, I had other interests that I did pursue eventually, but it was just like from the get go. I think it was really just the escape into this uh, other world that was really um, important for me. Mm. So when you were growing up, did you do any like school plays? I mean, what was your first time really experiencing what it was like to to be another person? Yeah. So in grade seven was my first play that we did. Uh, it was in musicals, Anna Green Gables, <laughs> the oh, musical. Fun. And I was in grade seven. So I went up to like grade seven to 11. So obviously the older uh, grades got the bigger roles, but uh, we had to audition. We had to sing. And I'm not a singer. I mean, I can carry a tune, but it was, you know, it was really, really a big risk for me. It was really scary. I remember it was um, the music teacher. The audition was The Rose. You know that song? Some say love. That's that song. Yep. And he was playing piano and I had to sing it. So uh, I must have done okay enough to get one line in the play. <laughs> one, it was actually one word in the play and the word was furs. So <laughs> that was my first experience on a stage. And then grade 9, 10 and 11 when I was in Montreal and I started a new school, uh, I was in drama class. And, you know, I was top of my class in those years. Um, we did some like variety shows, but it was mostly like in class and improv stuff. Uh, and then I just kind of started working after that. So I did a little bit of training here and there, like on, I did some Meisner technique and a little bit of stuff like extra classes. But um, yeah, it was, it was more just school stuff uh, mm. that led me into this. I'm a Meisner girly myself. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, you have red hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have red hair. I have red hair. <laughs> Um, so what were, tell me about like growing up in Canada and, and how your parents, um, you know, acclimated to you wanting a career in the arts for some it's difficult and for others, you know, their parents are very supportive. So I, I wonder what that experience was for you. Yeah. So I'm an army brat. So, uh, basically that means that I moved every two to three years, different countries. I lived in Virginia beach for a few years, uh, mm. when I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old, lived in Germany. Um, and you know, my family is a real, you know, we're all French, we're French Canadian, small town. Um, so real, just like working class, very, you know, I say simple in the best of ways, right? Just like no right. one's like a big, like, la la la, look at me. Um, <laughs> I wasn't like that as a kid either, but, um, I think that they just for sure like supported it 100%. I mean, my parents got divorced when I was uh, in grade seven. So my dad wasn't in the picture after that. But my mom was always really supportive about anything that we wanted to do. But I remember being like 30 years old and I had already done like about seven TV series and my mom was still kind of asking, so are you going to ever go back to school, go back to university? You know, <laughs> they just didn't understand. And I think seeing the hardship that it, that that happens as an actor, sometimes all the rejection and the long times of unemployment, it's really hard for a parent. And so they just are looking out for the best of you. It wasn't that she didn't support me. She was just like you know, like, is you want something more stable, you know, and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So um, definitely don't do not come from a showbiz family, do not come from anybody who does anything remotely uh, like this at all. But um, they think it's cool. But I'm really just Karen, kooky Karen to them, really. Like, kooky just... Karen. <laughs> um, I love it. The good kind of Karen, not the, the yes, Karen that yes, we've known yes. for the past few years. But yeah, <laughs> no, really supportive and, and encouraging. That's good. Uh, it's always it's always an interesting 
you know, route to take as, as a human to take an artist route where everything is uncertain and there is no stability and what is a 401k because we don't have that. Nope. 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 And I wish I would have saved some money early on <laughs> because now as I'm older and wiser, I'm like, damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. 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 Should have put some money in that bank. Um, <laughs> yeah. So tell me then you said that you did go to university at some point. What um, what did you go for? When did you kind of make the decision of, you know what, I'm going to try out doing this professionally? Yeah, like peace out university. I'm going. Yeah, I'm see going you over later. There. <laughs> so I was always really interested in uh, psychology. Um, I wanted to be a social worker or some kind of um, activist in the world to help people in some way. So um, I just really love human behavior and the human mind, which goes side by side with acting because I believe that's what acting is. Yeah. There's so many of my friends who have studied psychology who are also actors. It's just, I think that when you're an artist and you're an actor, it's like psychology is like, oh, how do you get into somebody's brain? Which is literally what we do. So it makes total sense. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that my knowledge and my experience and that my studies, I didn't finish university um, because I was modeling at the time and modeling was just something that I always did on like on the side. I was never, it was never a goal of mine. It was never like a big passion of mine. I thought it was kind of superficial and I had a little bit of a inner struggle about that. Um, I was like, I'm a feminist. How can I be a model doing this? You know, it was just this weird mm. black and white thinking that I had. And, uh, and so an agency in New York had asked me to go down to New York. So I basically finished my semester and I said, listen, uh, I'm going to go try this. Even if it's just a couple of years traveling the world doing this, school's always going to be there, but these opportunities won't. And I've always been a person who follows my instinct and kind of goes with what I feel is right. And I live kind of through passion more than thought. (laughs) And so I went, and so I went to New York, LA, Milan, Munich, Barcelona. And I just had a couple of years like that, just traveling in and out. I was living in Montreal at the time. So I would come back, I'd waitress for four months and then I'd take off and I'd come back. That was what we were all doing. And it was just a really great time. And I had such a wonderful experience. And it's when I got back from Montreal when I was about 21, I got back to Montreal. Uh, My modeling agency at the time uh, opened up an acting division and they just kind of sent out, you know, hey, who can act? Does anyone know how to act? And I was like, oh, (laughs) I think I can. I remember I wanted to do this crazy thing. Have you heard of Anne of Green Gables? Because (laughs) I had the most important line. I was unforgettable. It was an unforgettable (laughs) performance. Um, so I just started auditioning and I was really lucky to start working right away, actually. So, um, I just knew that that was the right path and I never looked back. So, um, I still love psychology. I love documentaries. I love podcasts on cults. I love all the things psychological. So I live my passion through that. I get it. I get it. Um, what was like the first project you did as an actor that felt like, oh man, this I feel like I'm on the right path, you know, because it's it's hard to, especially with all the rejection and how many times you audition and all the things that you have to do constantly, it can feel, you can second guess yourself very easily. But I know for everybody, there's that like one project where it's like, oh, okay, I know that I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's when I got um, my second TV series called Adventure Inc. produced by Gail Ann Hurd with Michael Bean. So it was Michael Bean and I and Jesse Nielsen. And uh, we, it was the best. It was nine months. We, we shot four months in Toronto, three months in Marseille, France, two months just outside of London, England. So it, it, wow. it was a pretty sweet gig. Yeah. 
my character was really fun. I got to beat up guys and I was like, I was a fighter in the show and um, shot guns. And so it was a really incredible experience. And the same production company produced Mutant, Mutant X. Um, that was shooting in Toronto at the time simultaneously. So when uh, we finished Adventure Inc. and it wasn't going any uh, second season, they invited me on to Mutant X. Um, so that was kind of like my first offer that I had been given, right? That I didn't have to, you know, hustle or audition for. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of handed to me. And I was so, I remember at the time feeling very like, wow, like you are inviting me onto a beloved show. I'm replacing a character. A different character, but I'm, you know, they killed off um, right. one, of, one of their main characters and brought me on. And I, I felt really, really honored that they asked me to do that. So that's when I kind of went, okay, that's like two leads in series back to back. That was, you know, by invitation. So I really felt like that was um, a big honor, you know, and that's when I kind of was like, okay, maybe there's something here. Like maybe, maybe this is going to last forever. <laughs> I don't know. Right. But it was, it was good. It was, it was definitely that that's the feeling that I felt when I, when I got mm. asked that. Yeah, it's it's weird when somebody offers you something for the first time and you're like, What do you what do you mean? I don't need a you don't want me to put eight pages on on, on self tape? I don't have to go meet somebody in a weird cast, you know? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a, it was a great feeling. That's exactly why yeah. it sounds so stupid because it's like one audition or two auditions and maybe a screen test, but just to be not have to go through that process, oh Yeah, I think and it's like it's like a, a sense of um respect to your craft right and to your talent and for them to just be like no I know that you're really good I don't Uh need to see it because I know you are exactly it's the validation that I think all of us actors always no matter how busy we are how much we work how much fan mail we get we are still looking for validation um Mm -hmm. in in some way and that was the ultimate validation come on this show and make it better please you know, but then that's, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Pressure. Then there's pressure. <laughs> but yeah, definitely that. So tell me a little bit about after Mutant X. What what happens? How does your career, you know, ebb and flow? Just take me through what it's been like maybe the past, you know, 15 years. Wow. Yeah, a lot has happened in the past, um, I would say even 20 years. That was 20 years ago. So after Mutant X, I got, um, I got a show called Young Blades where I was, I played a girl who disguises a guy to be in the Musketeers. So I got to sword fight, ride horses. I had a beard. Yes, girl. This, there there was a transformation and it was really fun. It was a period piece, obviously, right? We shot in Vancouver. That was so much fun. Uh, Action based as well again. And then, and then I got Flash Gordon, which is super fun. Did that series out in Vancouver. And I a modern space opera is what that was. I'm not Um, sure why the title is that, to be honest. It had nothing. (laughs) There's no opera. Uh, Dang it. (laughs) There, I don't know why it's called that. I think that was the, maybe the original intent. Okay. I I have no idea. I don't even, there was no singing ever, but I have no idea. Do not ask me. (laughs) Do not ask me. Um, It was, it wasn't like the best of shows. But it was definitely a hoot. It was definitely fun. But I remember on that show, um, I knew I always wanted to have kids. Like, that was kind of always my thing. But I remember I was 30 at the time. And they say that, you know, the biological clock starts ticking. Um, And it was not even like a a thought-out process. It was just really, really pure instinct. We had babies on set at one point. And I just, like, it was like, (gasps) I just gravitated towards the babies. Whereas before, I would just be like, you know, I was sitting in my chair, you know, like, hey, talking to everybody. I didn't really care. Like, you know, it didn't didn't strike me as anything like, oh, my God, I have to see the baby. And then this just overwhelmed me. And at Mm -hmm. that moment, I knew I wanted to be a mom, like, ASAP. 
And I just wow. couldn't get it out of my head. So as soon as we got the go ahead that it wasn't going a second season, I was like, hey, happy, let's do this. So got pregnant and I quit the business for several years. Um, wow. Did a couple of things here and there, you know, got some offers once in a while, but I was in full on mom mode. You know, I just wanted to be fully engaged with her. I wanted to be fat and tired in peace. I didn't want to divide my attention. I just wanted to really live this, this experience 100%. And so I, you know, honestly, my daughter is almost 14 and there were many, many years where I wasn't even an actress anymore, really. I was doing a lot of voice work, so I still had my foot, foot there, but I had said goodbye to my agents. I had quit the business. Mm. I was working in advertising, in sales. I was managing events across Canada. Um, so I, had, I really just dove into a whole other thing that was more suited to motherhood. The way that I thought that I could handle it. You know, I know I had friends who were, you know, nursing in their trailers and doing all that, but for some reason it was just not the path that I wanted to take. I didn't feel like I could handle it. I didn't feel like I would be at my best at anything. So yeah, it was basically just a couple of years ago that I went, you know what? I want I want this career back. And so I started fighting for it back. I called up my agents and managers and I said, Do you want me back? And they said yes. And I said, Do you think anybody else wants me back? And <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, apart from doing one or two things a year, really casually, I really like left the business to, to be full on mother. And now, um, I'm fully back in again and I love it and it feels great. It's really cool that this, you know, industry allows us to do this now. I feel like, you know, maybe 30 years ago, we weren't, we wouldn't have been able to leave and have another life and then come back. Right. Like there was expectations of women, in film like <laughs> when you look at the golden girls they were what in their 50s <laughs> looking like they were 90 I yeah. mean it's crazy so it's it's really cool to see this evolution and I think that's one of the cool things about you know acting in general is that you can take a break you can say hey I'm gonna go experience something else for a while and all it's gonna do is make you a better actor because now you have more experience and now you have you know, different information to pull from, which is so cool. You're so right about that. And and yes, times have changed in the last five, 10 years. I'm glad that this timing worked out for me because I came back in my 40s, right? Mm -hmm. I wasn't in my late 20s or early 30s anymore. So I didn't really know what the landscape was out there. And I've seen that change on screen. We see a lot more late 40s women lead yeah. roles. So that, thank God, the timing was great on that. Um, and also, yes, you're absolutely right. I'm a better actor now than I was in my 20s because of motherhood, because of my fearlessness and being vulnerable, all these things that broke me open. And so I'm really excited that I get the chance now to act my little butt off fully instead of having, yeah. you know, like I was good. Um, I could <laughs> do it, but I think I had my limitations to be honest when, especially when it came to like big dramatic acting and just mm -hmm. crying or whatever, for example. And now I just feel like, Oh, I'm so glad that I get to fully be an actor now mm -hmm. and like uh, see what, my full potential is as an actor, as an older and wiser person. <laughs> yeah. It all makes you better in your craft. It all does. And that's why I always encourage, you know, younger actors that I know to do weird jobs, have strange experiences, because it all helps you be a better performer. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. I say just go experience the world. That's going to be uh, your toolbox that you draw from for your roles. Like it's it's, it's valuable. It's, it, you know, like, what did I say? I said at one point that um, I can justify my crazy life choices 
based on it was for research <laughs> it's for my for my career i was really you it's know research man <laughs> research exactly and that's my story and i'm sticking to it <laughs> i love it i love yeah. it well uh tell me about your new movie thanksgiving i'm very excited to see it i am a horror freak um <gasps> and i love patrick dumsey yeah. so i mean what a what a comeback lady what a comeback <laughs> Starring in an Eli Roth film, no big deal. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a total surprise. <laughs> I put myself on tape in January of this year, sent in a tape, and got offered the part right after. Like, that was it. Like, there was no callback, no Zoom, no... So I was like, oh, great. I can't wait to do this movie called Thanksgiving. Like, so dumb, right? I had no idea what it was. And then, of course, I get the script, and then I find it's Eli Roth, and I'm like, oh, shoot. Like, this is this, this is cool. This is great. Yeah. And then once we started learning who was attached to it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. But you never know. As an actor, you never – I never expect too much because you could be doing – this movie could have gone the other way. I've done movies mm -hmm. that were expected to be hits, series that were – they were flops. So you totally. never know. You can't bank on this being the thing that's going to take me over the top. You really just have to like go in, clock in, clock out, do your work. Um, but Thanksgiving is a great uh, horror movie, but I would say it's more like slasher. It's kind of campy at times. It's fun. It's a bit of a murder mystery as well. You're trying to figure out who this killer is. So it is horror, but I have friends who were like, oh, no, Karen, I can't see a movie. I'm too scared. And then they go see it. They're like, it was actually not bad. It was like fun. It was yeah gory. I had to close my eyes a couple of times, they say, but um, it's great. I think you're going to really love it. And it was such a great experience uh, all around cast, working with Eli, uh, the crew, like it was incredible. And I really, um, I really enjoyed like every single second of it. So, uh, and it's doing quite well and people are loving it and having fun with it. And I'm, I'm so happy about that. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back. And back to the show. Okay, so you said you auditioned for this in January. This is a heck of a turnaround. Yeah. And we shot it March and April. And we even shot some extra scenes in August that were put oh together. Oh, my gosh. Within two weeks. Within two weeks. Uh, put uh, the, Those were added in and stuff. Yeah, I went back to Toronto to do a couple extra things. And uh, very, very fast turnaround. <laughs> Very. That is wild. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Yeah. They work fast. <laughs> I, I guess so. My God. Well, tell me a little bit about, um, you know, filming a movie that is, is a, a campy style slasher. I mean, how were you with the blood? Do you have blood on you? Because I, again, I haven't seen it, so don't spoil it for me. But, you know, how, how was that experience for you? <laughs> I mean... As an actor, right, like, you know it's, you know it's fake, obviously. Right. So the trick is to sell it. I mean, my my character played a little, like, I play kind of like a, a little bit of a bitchy stepmom, like, and a yes. fiancé. Love it. I know. I mean, this face is just screams bitchy, I guess, because I get it's hired It's the a Meredith lot. Blake persona, <laughs> and I'm for it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, so she, uh, I, I was careful not to play her too campy, right, and not mm -hmm. to play too much of the like farce about her like being kind of a bit shallow and a bit superficial and gold digger. Um, so that was fun to kind of balance the the fine line between that with her. And then at the end, I mean, what happens to me at the end? I've actually heard people say, you know what? I actually felt bad for you. Like I, you know, so I was like, oh, I got, the, I got some empathy from people, you know. So I wasn't Yikes. like. 
Yeah, so it was really fun to be able to play those two things. Like I was playing like strong, kind of, you know, superficial uh, at the beginning. And then at the end, I got to really play the, the drama and the fear and the terror of what happens to me in that oven. I mean, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the whole the chase scene. And so I love that because it was a very challenging um, yeah. to be in that oven for that long and screaming. I lost my voice. I was covered in bruises, which I love because I've done action roles. So I'm, like, yes! <laughs> I'm totally like, butchy. Yeah. I'm such a butch. Uh, <laughs> so it was really great. I feel like that was a really well-rounded role for me as an actor. I got to really touch on all kinds of genres, you know, a little bit of comedy, some drama, some tension, and then the absolute like, fear and um, screaming stuff. So yeah, it was really, really fun. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yikes. Love it. Um <laughs> Well, on this show, we like to share audition stories. Now, those um, can be ones that have gone awry, funny ones, heartbreaking ones, really whatever it is that you want to share. Um, So do you have an audition story for our listeners? Uh, Well, I mean, I think every actor has the famous story of like you're performing your little heart out and you just see like the director's like on his phone or whatever, not paying attention. (laughs) That always sucks. Um, But one that I can remember that I was, it's actually like a real, I'm really grateful for this opportunity is when I was screen testing in down in LA for Young Blades for that Musketeer show. Mm-hmm. And it was between me and there was two other girls in there and, you know, that were up for it as well. So, you know, you go into this tiny little room, there's 20 executives sitting there all cramped together. You're this far away from them. And, you know, you're doing a 15 page scene. And uh, I was a little nervous, you know, I was young, right? I was probably like 26, young, uh, a little nervous. So I did an okay audition. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my best. And then they were like, okay, thank you. You know, the casting director leads me out. The other two girls go and do the thing. And I was like damn, I did not feel good about that. And I was really like, if I only I could get another chance, like that was not my best. I was like, darn it. I really, really wanted this role and I know I can do it. But I was like, oh, well, it is what it is. You just got to let it go. Uh, So 15 minutes later, the casting director comes out. She's like, oh, Karen. She's like, can you come back in? She's like, and I remember her walking at me into the room with all the executives and she was like, sorry, we reviewed the tape and the air conditioning was on. We couldn't really hear the audio well. And she was totally like, wink, wink to me. And she's like, so do you mind just redoing it? I'm so sorry. And I was like, uh, and right away, I knew what she was doing. She was giving me a second chance. And I nailed it. And I will forever be grateful to that casting director for seeing that I was not doing my best because I was nervous and then lying and saying there was an air conditioning sound issue and I got <laughs> to I got to do it again and it worked. So, you know, there's these magical moments that I feel like people, when they're rooting for you and when they give you a shot, it's... I wish I could write her a letter and say thank you for that because I, I know exactly what she did. So that was a really uh, special moment for me to take a chance on me like that. That is such a good story. I love that. You know, yeah. it's it's funny. You There's, you know, casting directors are humans as well. And so there's the ones that, you know, wouldn't think about doing that by any means. But then you see there's certain casting directors and casting directors that I know that do things like that to make sure that you're giving your best and feel good about the audition. And man, when that happens, it is so nice to know that people are on your side. Exactly. You're an actor too, right? So you Mm -hmm. fact, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you know that that doesn't happen sometimes, you know, it's just, yeah. So that was such a blessing. I'm really, really happy about that. That's so nice. Well, um, what's next for you? What are you doing? Are you working on things? What's, what's the plan here? 
So the plan, I think, so I'm going to do, start doing a lot of horror conventions. So I'll be meeting yes. some fans. Yes, yes. So I've got a couple booked already, one in Tennessee, one in Calgary, Canada. And I think there's a few others in the works for sure. Um, so I'll keep everybody posted on my Instagram about when those dates are next year. Um, and, you know, things are just after the strike, things are just starting to get back to business now. So we'll see. I hope to be super busy in the new year. Um, I'm waiting on some news for a couple projects right now. So fingers Yay. crossed. You know how it is, right? It, yep. it might happen. It might not. Whatever. <laughs> But I did a comedy in Toronto a couple months ago or about a month ago or something. That's really funny. And uh, yeah, so we'll see what the new year brings with all this Thanksgiving craziness. Yes. And how can people follow you on Instagram to keep up with all of your fun stuff? Yeah, so it's just my name at Karen Cleish. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm barely there. But Instagram is my second home. So I'm always there and, and ready to ha- talk to people. So I feel that in my core. Uh, (laughs) Too much time. Too much time. I've spent too much time. (laughs) I know. I really got to get rid of the app or something just like for a week, I think. Take a break. No, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and I'm excited to see what the new year brings. Thank you so much. That was, that was lovely. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Karen for stopping by the show. Make sure to go see her new movie Thanksgiving now in theaters. Tune in next week for my conversation with Daniel Augustin. And until then, thanks for coming in. Hey, it's Mae Whitman, and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialised in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often?